1: Can you see it? Did you notice?
3: Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen who
1: tries a back pass for Besser. In with a shot. He scores! Moments notice. Adam's
0: You're listening to Canucks Conversation.
1: Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't I won't <laughs> cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash.
3: Just wave the guy and get Demco involved. I'm one of the men in balance. Wow, really? we should do a radio show together.
2: <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now.
1: Thurl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores!
0: Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital Ds, all one word, CONVODD. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. It does not get much better than that, folks. My name is Dave Quadrelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Our technical producer today is Aaron, who admittedly is written as Aaron Nation Network in my phone. Uh, So, Aaron, I actually don't know your last name off the top of my head, so my apologies for that. But uh, Aaron is going to be our producer today. Uh, Alex taking a little bit of time off, much uh, well-deserved for our regular technical producer, Alex, whose last name I also won't say to keep everything fair on this show because that's how we do things here. Say my last name. I can't remember it. I'm sorry. Your Twitter name is only your last name. Yes, it is.
3: it is, absolutely. So, took a couple days off. Good to be back. How you feeling after a uh, little Christmas stuff? Great. How was it?
0: Great. And I'm wearing, uh, I was going to ask you this. So, I'll, I'll ask you at first you know what I'm talking about so you have time to think about it. Uh, I want to make you pick your favorite present because I wouldn't say this is my favorite present because I got a lot of yeah I got I got a few nice things mm. uh for Christmas that I'm very thankful for but this heated vest my heated. brother yeah dude there's a battery pack in here oh you my. should feel me right now right I'm here. good actually um there's a there's a battery pack in this vest and it is you know it's super warm I was wearing it uh, on my walk-in I ran here um as i as I normally end up doing but we're on time today I'd say we didn't see bah. the Skytrain today, but uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're okay. We're doing fine. So it's, this is uh, your
3: favorite one right off, Cause you, you know, there's always with Christmas gifts. There's a lot of hype behind some of them, right? Like some of them well, you get, and you're like, "Okay, hey, this one I'm I'm liking right now." Especially right after Christmas, you can't wait to use it. I know that's you with all your Legos over there.
0: Well, okay, right? so I got the Nano Gauntlet Lego set. I don't know what that is. Iron Man's hand. Have you seen Infinity? You don't watch Marvel, right? Because okay, mm. here here I've I am. seen one of the uh, Infinity Wars. Okay, well okay, well you know the one where he wears the stones on his hand, Iron Man, mm-hmm. and he kills him. Well, he. Guys, remember that yeah with uh tony stark and yeah 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 so i got that glove that's what i've seen yeah uh, so i got that i got the lego set so uh, I was excited about that, and then I got a couple Lego gift cards, which I went and bought the typewriter set with. So now I finished the Nano Gauntlet already, and I'm building the typewriter right now. It is cool, man. I'm working so, on the okay, inner workings. This type,
3: I got to ask about this typewriter yeah. before you go any further. Does it? Is it functional? Does it yes. work? I yes, thought so. But it, it, it
0: looks pretty intense yes. from what I've seen. So you can put a piece of paper in it, and it will slide the paper across as you hit each key, and okay. there's like a hammer that hits the page each time. But does it but no, ink? it does. it doesn't put no. ink. It won't put ink on the page, so it doesn't... Work, work, but like each time you hit a key, it makes the click and hits the hammer on it, and it's it's all mechanical. Yeah, it's, Lego. it's like what
3: kids play with when they have a fake typewriter.
0: It's 18 plus, man. The yeah, set is I, I 18 saw that. plus. I was, I was actually laughing hey, about that. one. you, you would have trouble with it. I had trouble with it. I actually had to take, take it apart at one point. I got to a step and I was like, oh no, I missed one little, uh, I don't even know what you would call it. It was like a little stud that I forgot to slide onto oh, yeah. the thing and I had to, ba- not restart, but I had to, had to go back a few steps. Aside from that, me.
3: anything, because you got a lot
0: of Lego I saw. Those were, big were the two Lego sets, guy. but I got my girlfriend, the friend's apartment set, and mm. she's loving that. That's another big 18 plus
3: set. one thing I got. My mom got me this, mm. and this is just, I tell you what, nobody would buy this gift unless they really knew me. My mom got me this like extreme antiperspirant. It's like two sticks of deodorant, but also this face cream, which you can like put on your forehead. Apparently, for antiperspirants, so you don't sweat on your forehead. Really? Yeah, I haven't wow. tried it yet, but uh, that was a pretty cool one. Uh, I got some, I got some, I think I put some stuff in here. I got, uh, I have something for you later on, actually, in the, uh, wow, in the World Juniors stuff, because I know you like to zone out. So I got something for you to do uh, <laughs> while you zone out with the prospect stuff. But uh, good Christmas, all in all. I got some exciting stuff. I got a couple new pickleball rackets. Very excited about that. I actually have, I'll have, because one of the uh, gifts was like a gift card for, a pickleball racket to go buy a gift card, nice go buy another one so and then my mom got me like a two pack so now when i go buy that new one i'll have four we can all go play we can go play pickleball now like outdoor i have four four paddles we can like get a, a full crew together and go play
0: that's fun so i'm
3: excited about that too and lots of socks lots of underwear it, it's bad because i had like three ba- like three different boxes of sacks underwear that weren't even opened when we were like cleaning out, because uh, we cleaned out a bunch of clothes, as you could probably see on the way in, there's like a bunch of donation bags about to go, hmm. uh, Salvation Army or Value Village. I don't know which one's better to donate to. We're gonna donate them to somebody. Um, <laughs> but we went through a bunch of clothes, found yeah, three full boxes of sacks, unopened underwear. Value Village sells for
0: profit, don't they? Really? Well, yeah, you okay, pay well then, for stuff when you go to Value Village. It's yeah, a true. store. Paid, I don't know.
3: Salvation Army. We're not. We're not two. gonna
0: start this. Right Either way. Um. Well, whatever the chat says, I'll do. I don't care. I, I listen got, to whatever the <laughs> chat says about everything. I got one present that you are going to benefit from and you're going to be very excited about mm. it is a margaritaville I see, I margarita maker things. and you are gonna like it because not only can you have margaritas or whatever you can just make regular slurpees with it like mm. you can just pour dr pepper or coca-cola whatever you want and then put the ice in the top yeah and it'll make you a slurpee Wow. So I've basically I got a Slurpee maker at home now. That's pretty cool. So rum and Coke Slurpees. That's mm-hmm. gonna be my thing. I got uh, Pokemon cards too.
3: I'll show one just today. I'll show them as we go. This one I actually bought for myself, so this isn't even a Christmas gift. But a Kabutops uh, holographic. It's beautiful. Picked it up myself. Yeah, you got some Shout Pokemon to, cards from your yeah. Fiance. You delivered them. Uh, well,
0: first Cody Sievertson delivered them. Yeah. <laughs>
3: So it was good.
0: He delivered them to me in an envelope in front of my building that had the word drugs written on it yeah, in big that, letters, yeah. and I had to tuck it into my jacket. Yeah, I almost
3: opened it when I saw what, <laughs> uh, what it said on it and when it was sitting on the counter there. Yeah. But, oh, great. Dave brought drugs for my fiance. That's yeah.
0: awesome. Uh, hopefully, everybody had a good Christmas. Uh, happy holidays to everybody I'll out there. tell you there.
3: what, a break was real nice, a little break.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. It was good. We had uh, only four um only four uh, articles on Canucks Army over Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Really? Actually, I think there were six. Hmm. Four, four, four on kids. Christmas Christmas Eve, two on Christmas Day. Yeah, but I managed to not work too much on those days. I worked for like thirty Good. minutes. What was each the day. best?
3: Um, was there any surprise side dishes at your Christmas dinners? Anything that caught you off that was um, better than you expected, worse than you expected? Because you had, because you know, you and your girlfriend now getting a little more serious. You, you're probably you went and did some family stuff with her. I'm assuming. Yeah. 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 Um, but Anything like from her family? You were like, oh. And I don't know if she's watching or not. You can say that if there was a bad food item or no, a good food item.
0: Her her dad made us cocktails in the morning. Like We went there in the morning. Okay, that's, and he made, so that's the vibe. Well, yeah. So he made me a mimosa, and it was really good. And like, Is a mimosa a cocktail? Well, well hang on a sec, because he also did this thing. And we're, we're approaching the 10-minute mark, so apologies, folks. We'll, we'll get to the hockey soon. But... He he froze ice cubes with like orange juice and he put like I think they oh, were cranberries cool. I'm not sure so the ice cube started to add to the flavor it was awesome uh, I really like that, That's and and, I, and you're asking me what I was surprised about. It was that because I didn't think I would like that very much. But... You didn't think he show up in the morning and start to
3: get uh, alcohol fed to you? did No, you? no. He Cut told me in
0: about bit. October that that was the plan, so I was uh, ready for that. Cool.
3: So you are prepared for it,
0: but All I right. had to drive too, so I was uh, I was very careful. Fair I didn't enough. have I didn't
3: have more than one. Yeah. Anyways, I've seen you after more than one drink. You yeah, I can't anywhere, have more than one. <laughs> anywhere near a car. All right, let's get to it. Canucks big win last night, six uh, two against the Sharks. Do you see the stat that uh, Joey Kenward put up the other day? The Canucks have had like. Over their past 21 games now, returning from the Christmas break, 17 wins. Like, this is when the team plays their best hockey, coming off of these Christmas breaks. Uh, but let's get to the big uh, big stats from the day, obviously. Bo Horvat, Ilya Mikheyev, both had four-point nights. Brock Besser was a third player on that line. He had a three-point night in the game. Just great performance on that line, and they matched up in, in kind of like a, a top-six role against the Sharks. Listen, the Sharks aren't a great team. Uh, we can kind of see that, uh, and you saw that last night, but... Canucks took care of business, and I thought that that line was absolutely excellent together watching those three play, Uh, and it was good because I feel like Mikheyev's space, you know, the way that he creates space, I mean, for Brock Besser, like, his speed really opened up a lot of area, and it was nice to see Besser have all that time in the world for that shot. I I laugh because people, like, have been Replying to the little Mackey tweet that I had about like he's never going to have that much time in the NHL defending in the NHL so much better. It's like, hey, you see how much time Brock Besser had yesterday, Uh, you know, set himself up for that shot. But this is the first time the Canucks are over 500 this season. They're 12 and six over their last 18 games. Six of those 12 wins have come in overtime. So it's been a little bit tight uh, up to this point for these teams. But listen. They're winning games. I know they had a horrible start to the season, but they're winning games. They're at this point right now in the season, over 500 as they roll into this road trip in Winnipeg and Calgary.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And again, you you brought up one line that was kind of hard match in a top six role. The other one that, again, we'll, we'll get to the positivity in a sec, but JT Miller at center continues to not be great. Um. You know he was hard matched against a top six line, but you can kind of see it there. Absolutely caved in. Uh, 18 chances against three chances for. Uh, nice work by Aaron, by the way, pulling that up. Didn't even have to yell, get it up, Alex. Aaron yep. just got it up there. Uh, Curtis Lazar, I learned in the statsies by Michael Liu, um, he was the low coursey man on the night. And again, like um, that's not to say Curtis Lazar had a especially poor game. Same with Connor Garland or JT Miller for that matter. It's just that line doesn't seem to be a fit when JT Miller's a center because we saw those two with Paul Horvat and they were fine, right? Like those those two as as um or not those two, excuse me, Curtis Lazar and JT Miller, with Miller on the wing. Like that line was fine and look, like I must Connor Garland's not the problem on that line with the JT Miller and Curtis Lazar trio, but you know he's not really bringing a ton to that line, as you can kind of see by what they accomplished last night. And again, I understand they had you know the most time on ice. They were playing. They were playing in a bit of a matchup role. Uh, they were hard matched I believe it was against the Couture line. And yeah, like they they didn't perform that well. And you look at all the other forward lines that the Canucks had, even right down to the Nielsen Mon Stadnika J- Dakota Joshua line. Like that line was fine, but you look at the two the Canucks to I don't even want to call them top six lines, but the line centered by Bo Horvat and Elias Pettersson, and you're seeing a lot of good things. One thing I want to talk about as we are talking in the segment called Should We Be Excited? Should we be excited about Lane Peterson, Chris?
3: Well, I think everything he's done up to this point, you can't say that it's been a bad thing for sure. You no. should be excited about what you see with Lane Peterson. Listen, He was a throw-in in the Ethan Bear trade. You know, he was also, uh, he played for the Sharks before. He was in the Brent Burns trade. Yes. uh, Which was kind of interesting as well. But, I mean, obviously, incredible star for him in the AHL. I talked about it with Bruce Boudreaux a little bit today, actually, just kind of asking him about, listen, Bruce has a lot of respect for the AHL, right? Like, you kind of know this. He's a guy who respects what these guys do in the AHL and what, you know, success like the AHL can potentially translate to in the NHL. We also know that the management group and, Patrick Alvey and Jim Rutherford also very much respect what the AHL can do. You saw that with what they did with the Pittsburgh Penguins in their time there. Uh, Peterson's interesting because when I talked to him in Abbotsford, and this was right before he got called up, he was like, list, like he was saying, like he's working on all the other parts of his game because he doesn't think he's going to be in the role that he is. Like he wasn't going to be, you know, he was first line, penalty killing, power play. He was doing all that in Abbotsford. And when he talked about it, he's like, listen, I know I'm going to be in a depth role when I get called up to the NHL. Like, It's going to be very different, so I'm working on those parts of the game. Then he gets here to the NHL, and he's playing with Elias Pettersson. And he talked about it a little bit today when I chatted with Lane about like it, it's just so it's so great to play with such a smart player, right? He talked about it with Pettersson. And the other thing I asked him, because I asked, like, you can ask all the simple questions of, like, well, what do you like? They're going to say good things about him. But I asked Lane Peterson about, like, what do we not see? And he's like the communication after every shift of like Pedersen being so vocal about where he wants the player to be, where he wants to just kind of directing things for that line. Like that's something that you don't see from every single player on every single shift. But that's something he said, like he really likes Pedersen because like playing with him, he's going to tell you where he wants you to be, where you want to go. And if you go there, you're going to have success. Like let's look at pretty much every line mate Pedersen's ever had. Their numbers have gone up when they play with Pedersen. So and- it's a good spot for Peterson to be in, obviously. And
0: this was pointed out in the Stanches last night. Lachlan Irvin making his debut on the Stanches did a fantastic job. job. Uh, he pointed this out, and again, I think this was a thread between Daniel Wagner, uh, Jackson McDonald, a few people on Twitter as well kind of brought this up, uh, that Lane Peterson might actually way, be Wags, a guy.
3: New pair of boots last night. Brand new pair of Christmas boots last night in the press box. Legs look good in those boots. They got buckles on them. You know, the ones that got about, about 40 of the... Shoelace holes, he, those
0: things go up on wags. Be careful, they go up pretty high. Wag showed up in his thigh highs, pretty much. Okay, um, anyways, what was I even saying? You throw me off with your boot talk. Um, okay, that was what I was trying to say. They had a little thread where they were talking about, Hey, you know what? He might be a guy, and you need a guy, you need guys on your team. And when I say guys, I mean guys like, Hey. Aaron Rome, Andrew Alberts, these guys, they were all guys on that 2011 team. Who else do I mean? I mean, Connor Sherry. I mean, like, Jake Gensel. Jake Gensel's probably a bit of a, a different example. But what I'm trying to point at here is that, you know, Scott Wilson, the list goes on. These guys that just show up out of nowhere, and hey, you'll notice I just used three examples from the Pittsburgh Penguins. For sure. Right could Lane Peterson be one of these guys that you just can play on your top six and then ship out once his value is really high and you don't pay him like a top six guy. Cause Hey, like you look at what Pittsburgh was able to do. And again, that was Jim Rutherford. That was the president of mm. hockey operations. And I'm not saying that I know for sure that Jim Rutherford stormed into, uh, the Canucks offices and said, get me Lane Peterson. I don't know if that's the case, but all I'm saying is there's a history of Jim Rutherford led organizations that, go out and get these guys that just aren't much, but turn into something. And look, it takes skill to play with a guy like Elias Pettersson. And again, you brought it up. Lane Peterson uh, hadn't shown much in his NHL career to this point. He thought he was going to be in a depth role. Instead, he's playing with Peterson, He's having success. I understand the sample size is small, Chris, but it's to the broader picture of the quads plan. And just any, any like team that's kind of in this state where the Canucks are, you don't want them to be you know, paying big bucks to guys like Connor Garland and Tanner Pearson, right? And again, that's not a knock on those guys, it's just that what they're being asked to do, you might be able to find it in someone younger, you might be able to find it in someone a lot cheaper just because of how good the players on your team are. Now, I don't want to lump those guys all into that, uh, all the Canucks wingers into that, because hey, if Ilya Mikheyev's not on this team, if Connor Garland's not on this team, or... um. Brock Bester, any, any of the wingers, whatever. Yeah, If they're not on this team and you have six Lane Petersons, only one of them is going to play like the Lane Peterson we're seeing right now. I don't know if any of this makes sense. It, it might be hard to follow. But what I'm trying to say is when Tanner Pearson returns from injury, where does he go? Is Lane Peterson getting bumped out of the lineup so that Tanner Pearson can slot back in? Because, uh, honestly, Ooh. I think that is subtraction by addition. Like, I think, I think the Canucks are a worse team with Tanner Pearson in the lineup. Be, ben Pearson. Right I don't now. know if
3: he goes into the top nine and I don't think the way that this line's running you can fit him in the top. Listen, you might be able to fit him in. Could Carl, Connor Garland be scratched again? That wouldn't surprise me. Right, like that could be something. We could see Garland kind of out and maybe like Pearson going to play with JT Miller because they need some help defensively and listen, Pearson's going to give you that. He's going to be in the right spot at the right time defensively. He's going to do you know, the things that Pearson does. He's not going to be dynamic, but he's going to be solid-ish, right? Like, that's what Pearson's going to bring to a line. Maybe that's something that someone like JT Miller needs on his line. But I also find it interesting that, like, Lane Peterson was saying he was preparing for a depth role, like preparing to be used probably on a fourth line, probably not see power play time, maybe even see time on the penalty kill if that's something that he was working on a lot in the AHL. But Boudreaux
0: decided to go with
3: him playing with Pedersen.
0: Okay, now let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. If Tanner Pearson was healthy... When Lane Peterson got called up, one, first of all, I understand Lane Peterson might have not even got called up. Mm. I understand that. But if he's your call-up, are you really taking out a guy from your top nine in Tanner Pearson who would be playing in the top nine? Let's not kid ourselves if if he was healthy, right? And again, Lane Peterson never got called up. He'd be in the top nine. Uh, Curtis Lazar is in the top nine right now, Chris. Yeah. The, look, if Tanner Pearson's healthy... Does Lane Peterson even get this shot or does he play in that depth role? And again, I know we're applauding Bruce Boudreaux for the savvy decision to put him with Elias Patterson because, hey, the guy can shoot. He's a finesse shooter. That's how he scored his goals in the AHL. He's a finesse shooter. He can do it. He's showing he can play with good players. Does he even get that shot with Tanner Pearson in the lineup? Probably not. Probably not. And this is my broader point, Chris, is it's hard to identify and find these guys who can become guys for you, right? Become a guy it's harder to find that if you have these guys just in your lineup. And when I say these guys, I mean, these Connor Garland, Curtis, Brock Bester,
3: all these guys in the top nine. No, but to counter your point, if Tanner Pearson was just playing before he got injured, if he was just playing like that Mm -hmm. up to this point in the season, maybe, maybe you'd give Lane Peterson a run there because listen, he was not good to start the year, right? He was very much struggling. I could see Tanner Pearson being a scratch the way he was playing before he got injured. So maybe Lane Peterson gets a chance. And it's not just Lane Peterson. Like, Think about it. If they're going to use, let's say Linus Carlson is someone you want to get into the NHL lineup. You, you don't play him with with Dakota Joshua and Niels Amon. Like, you're probably going to want to try him with Pedersen. You're probably going to want to try him with Miller. See what he looks like with scoring players. So I'll be interested to see that storyline continue on, if it does continue, of Boudreaux trusting these players enough, or even maybe it being something from the organization of, like, no, hey, listen, Linus Carlson's not going to be the fourth-line winner. If he's going to play in the NHL, he's going to be a top-nine guy. Play him there. like That's going to be interesting to see how that kind of shakes out. But I do think that it's it's almost different and more in Pearson's favor to get into the top nine because he's coming off of an injury. Because I tell you what, he wasn't playing good hockey going into the injury. I, I could have seen Lane Peterson getting an opportunity over Tanner Pearson. At that point in the season before he was injured, yeah, I could have for sure.
0: Now, just to close out the should we be excited part, I'm going to say something that we should all be excited about is the fact that the Canucks are winning games? They're they have some complete performances in front of Spencer Martin. Spencer Martin was good last night, and mm-hmm. I pointed this out in the instant reaction yeah, article on, I did
3: when he got hot there in the third period. Exactly, and, Martin was good.
0: And and here's the thing, Chris is it's, it, it to me, it all comes down to the psychological aspect of playing goal. And with Spencer Martin, like you go back, I don't think Spencer Martin's had a run like this at the NHL level. And when I say a run like this, I mean being asked to play this much. I don't think he's been asked to play this much in the AHL or the ECHL. I think this is the most he's played in his pro career, to be quite honest with you, the most back-to-back games. And I got to talk to him about it. I- I'm sure I will uh, in the new year when they're back at home. Yeah, But like I'm pretty sure this was, and when I say was, I mean prior to Friday's game when Colin Delia got to start that was the longest stretch of NHL games back to back to back. And just pro games, I think. Like I don't think I, like again, like I said, I don't think he's played this much at the AHL or the ECHL level where he's played that many games in that short amount of time. And I understand there's some stuff about the schedule in those leagues as well. He but was one of those guys in the O though that was playing
3: like sixty plus games in the yes, OHL. So yes. like he's done That's not he's a, pro had a No, but he's had a workload and the OHL is like it's not like you're just playing weekends. Like, you're playing yes, games during the
0: week sure, as well. Sure, but that's the OHL. Sure, but I'm, I'm talking saying he, pro hockey. It's still a workload to play goalie. It, absolutely. You're preaching to the choir, but he was, like, 19 when he did that. He's he played 26 50, now.
3: He's played 50 games for the Rampage in the AHL. So that's a that's a good run. It's a good run. Yeah, yeah. but I get you are right when you're saying this is probably the biggest, like, and toughest workload he's ever sure. Had and, and
0: again, I, I'm sure the Rampage had a better defense uh, being the Tampa Bay farm system. I'm pretty sure the the Rampage had a better defense than the, I don't think uh,
3: Colorado, but same, they probably oh, had yeah. a good farm team. Oh
0: yeah. That's too. the crunch. I'm getting them mixed yeah. up. Anyways, uh hot moment for me, but what I'm really, really trying to say um, is that Spencer Martin right now, you know, he's being asked to do a lot. Colin Delia comes in on Friday, turns in a really good performance. Now, that does a lot for a goaltender.
3: It, well, did you hear Bruce last night? Bruce I joked did. around it. Yeah, he said, listen, when uh, when Delia's hot on your tail like that, you got to be, you <laughs> know, it was when funny he's playing that well.
0: People are like, goaltending controversy in Vancouver,
3: goaltending like, controversy. Yeah, it's, it's like, like goaltending controversy V3 of the season. Yeah, it's exactly. Just like it's like another
0: one. Breaking news, backup goalie plays at, plays above replacement level. Do we have a goalie controversy in Vancouver? It's like, no, just everyone's settled down. Um, I'm, I'm really, really happy for Spencer Martin that he was able to come back uh, and play that solid game that he did last night against San Jose. Okay, Hopefully final thing for but. World Juniors. Um, Actually, a couple things. Quinn Hughes
3: scoring his first goal of the year. That was awesome. And his quote after the game was hilarious when he said that Bo Horvat tried to bring him the puck. Yeah, be Bo like, was like, do you want the puck? Do you want the puck? And then he's like, <laughs> Quinn's like answer where he's like, It wasn't very funny. Or he's like, (laughs) it was funny, but it wasn't funny. Like, he was just like the most Quinn Hughes answer ever. And my tweet went crazy. Like, everybody loved that. I I knew I had to tweet. Because I looked around. I was like, nobody tweeted out the quote from Quentin Hughes after that to media availability. Because that's normally, like, Drance and Harm are normally the guys that are standing outside the the scrum and tweeting out the stuff. But nobody was there last night to do it. So I was like, oh, i got to tweet this out. This is hilarious. This is the most Quinn Hughes thing ever. But tell you what, like, two full spins around the offensive zone with the puck on his stick, you just had that feeling of, like, you know, it's like winding up that uh those those jack in the box things that explode. Yeah. You yeah. knew he was gonna score on that. Like you could just tell the confidence was there. He um, he
0: looked really good last night. Like John John Shorthouse yeah. pointed
3: out that he had a pep in his step, it looked like I thought he I thought that the days and I asked him that last night. I think the days off helped. He said it hurt him last year to have the long break that they had, but he felt like yesterday, like when he talked about it, he said like the time off did help him. I, I don't know if he was battling something. I, I have to imagine he was, right? Like listen, you're playing hockey every day and you're playing twenty five minutes a night. Things, Bumps and bruises are going to come. I think a couple days off were really good for everyone on this team, but I think most importantly for Hughes, just with the amount of minutes that he plays. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Injury updates. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux said that he hopes Tanner Pearson is going to make the Florida trip, which is coming up very soon. The Thatcher Demko stuff was interesting. We heard like six weeks at the time, right? When the injury was happening. Was so,
0: that? that sound, yeah, yeah. Was they, six we did eight, Is that. that what they said? Or, or they said no, six, they said I feel six, like, right? Appro- well, yeah, approximately six weeks. And so, that, uh, that seems like a best case scenario, to be quite honest. That with. very much
3: is a best case scenario because Bruce Boudreau said he is hopeful that Thatcher Demko plays in the month of January, but they also have the All Star break going into February. Might have to be after the All Star break. So it would be interesting to hear what happens with Demko there. You mentioned Spencer Martin, he's going to get a run. Uh, And uh, Travis Dermott today skated with Luke Shen on a third pairing. So it looks like Dermott's going to get back in the lineup tomorrow. He's damn excited. It was was funny uh, how excited he was to see the media coming up today. He's like, oh, I really missed you guys with, like, the big Travis Dermott (laughs) smile. Uh, So that was nice to see. He was excited to uh, chat with us today. All right. Set this up for the World Juniors while I get uh, your thing for the World Juniors here.
2: Selling a little or a lot.
1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
3: Okay. Tell me, talk talk about the teens. I got this for Christmas. And this is what you can do while I do my prospects reports now uh, and stuff like
0: that. What am I looking at?
3: It is a Lego set of a Elias Petterson locker
0: room. That's not Lego. Is it not Lego? No, it's okay though. Right. It's it's one of the other ones. Well, you it's can called, you can uh, open that up. Collector construction. Oh, it's Connects. It's Connects. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So
3: while I do my World Juniors report and my and my uh, prospects report,
0: you can chip away at this thing. It says works with major brands on the box. Oh, really? Major brands. Well, it looked like, brand. looked like Lego. No, this is me. fantastic. I appreciate this. This is great. I'm going to start building this. Okay. Well,
3: I'm going to get started then with the World Juniors chat. Everybody, I see people in the chat are asking about DPD. So, all right, let's get right to it. Um, I want to start with Aku Koskenvo because we'll get it out of the way quick. He played the first game for Finland in this tournament. Ended up having a loss to Switzerland. 3-2 in overtime. Like The the overtime goal was not not great. Like It hit his glove. It got in. But he played okay. He didn't play bad, but he didn't play great. So it's going to be really difficult for Koskenbo to, to be able to, I, I think, be able to be the starter. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Finland and USA who gets the start in that one because that's going to be a big telling sign on what uh, Finland's future is throughout this tournament. So... Uh, we'll keep an eye on Koskenbo moving forward here, but I think I think he might have lost his shot in that loss to Switzerland, and that was a tough loss. Uh, so we'll see what happens moving forward. Let's get to the Swedish guys. We'll start with Jonathan Kerimaki. He had uh, he had some points early on in the tournament, which was great. Uh, In the 11-0 win against Austria, Le scored a goal, which was good. He came down the left wing, had a lot of time, as I kind of talked about a little bit earlier. But he got the wrist shot off, uh, posting in. It was good to see. Uh, And then the the assist was the more impressive part from Le who comes back, forces a turnover, and then sends the puck in to make a breakaway for his teammate. Um, Le those are the things you want to see from him. You want to see him battling for pucks, not just being a passenger on the line. And I thought at times throughout the, the first two games of this World Juniors, like, there have been some things in Le game where I've been like, okay, this is what we've been hoping to see. This is what we want to see from Le Carimacchi up to this point. It's him getting a couple early chances from creation and getting into plays. But I also think the the bad about Le Carimacchi, and I think anybody who's watched the Sweden games, if you're in the chat, you, you probably agree here. But him in the bumper is a bad spot. And if anybody else has seen this in the chat, let me know. But Le Carimacchi in the bumper position on the power play He's basically just there to take up space. Like, I I don't see him touch the puck very often. It doesn't look like they have any set plays for him to get shots off. I really like him more as a half-wall guy. And on the bumper, I honestly think he's just kind of lost. So that's unfortunate for LeCarrie Mackey's situation. I just... It's too bad because I really think he can be a good power play playmaker. I think that's where he's going to make his mark in the NHL when he does eventually get there. But right now it's, it's difficult to watch him sit in the bumper and just not have the puck, you know, on his stick really at any point in this season. So, or in the world juniors up to here. So we'll have to see what happens with him. Now let's get to the good because the good has been great with Elias Pedersen, DPD, the defenseman for Sweden off to a great start so far. He's leading Sweden right now in penalty killing minutes. He's a guy who's being trusted on a third pairing. I didn't think he was going to be one of their top six defensemen coming into this tournament to be hundred percent honest. So been a little bit surprised to see him get these minutes, but pleasantly surprised, obviously like Petterson's guy who's had really good run in the SHL of late. It's been nice to see uh, him get this opportunity and now kind of sees the opportunity with Sweden to get all of these minutes, to be able to kill penalties, to be relied upon at five on five as well. Like late in the game, they're defending a one nothing lead and Petterson's out there with three minutes remaining. Like, a lot of really good things from Elias Pedersen in this tournament uh, early on. There's a lot of pieces in there. Okay, I thought this was going to be like a one and done sort of thing. We're going to have to save this for for later on. Okay, yeah, you got to come back to the to the show here, Quads. I'm almost done here. Well, I thought you. Be... I
0: just finished opening it. I know. I
3: thought you'd be. I thought it was going to come out. It looks like it's not a lot of pieces. Uh, no, it is. It's uh, over a hundred. Okay. Well, never mind. I thought this was like a seven-piece thing. You're gonna put this label. No, piece this together. will be uh, this. Are you sure you don't want to build this? No, I don't want to build it. Well, I, you know what? I got this from uh, from my. Uh, what do you call uh, your fiance's parents?
0: Your in-laws. Yeah, but they're not my in-laws yet. Future in-laws. They're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I my call my. Uh, I after I've had a few, I start calling my girlfriend's dad my father-in-law. Okay. To his face,
3: dad. He liked it. Nope. A couple drinks, a little quad. Yeah. Two drinks. Dad. I was like, Dad. <laughs> no. Uh but uh yeah, so uh shout out to Wendy. She got me this and she's uh she's a dad. Well, to, uh, excited for it to be part of the show here moving forward. Oh, did she want me to build this? I think she. I don't know if she wanted you to build this or me to build this, but uh, either way, it's being built by you. This will take me like five minutes. Yeah, I mean, I could, was, I
0: could do it during prospect reports only, and I'm talking as I'm building. That's what I'm saying. Just, just leave it for the next little bit. Okay, yeah? so that's
3: okay. all I really got from the World Genius. We got uh, obviously more to come. Uh, the tournament's not over. Only a couple games in, but uh, it, it's been nice to kind of have Sweden and Finland wrapping up their games pretty early. We've had the 8 o'clock starts and the uh, what is it, 11 o'clock starts, 11.30 starts for for them so far. Uh, but good little showing from these two teams. I, a lot of people have asked me about Canada. I just haven't watched Canada. I don't really care uh, too much for Canada until they start to get to the uh, the playoff series, I guess, a little bit. But it's been. I did watch a little bit of Bedard and Fantilli. Those guys are fun to watch. But right now, focusing on the Canucks prospects, and I think Elias Patterson's had an excellent start to the World Juniors right now.
0: Hey, I actually thought coup was pretty good. I'm not sure if you talked about him because I've been focusing here. I thought he was okay.
3: He didn't, like... The, the only thing was, for me, he was not the for-sure starter, right? Like, he wasn't going to be 100% the starter for Finland. He had to have a really good first game against Swinland, uh, Switzerland there, and they lost. So, I think it's difficult for him to get back into the net for Finland, obviously.
0: Yeah, and I mean, he was kind of disappointing in overtime. I think that was, you know, I would say that that goal that he let in uh, was... Firmly in the category of one he'd like back, if I'm being quite honest yeah. with you. Um, but, like, his positioning, like, it, it, for me, and I know uh, some people kind of oh, groan at so this. he moves so well. I love the way he moves. He moves well, but the one thing that I really like to see was, you know, um, and again, I, I haven't watched a lot of Ty Young, so I don't know if he's also doing this, but, like... Um, Aku got in some reps with Marco Terenius before he was hired by the Canucks. Like, that was something Ian Clark set up in Finland. Uh, And then, obviously, Marco Terenius got hired by the Canucks as a full-time employee. So, um, now you're kind of seeing Aku getting to work with Marco a little bit more. And, obviously, he got to work with Clarky at development camp, but... Um, and video calls from Harvard. Yeah, and video calls from Harvard, all that sort of stuff. But what I really like to see was even at the, the World Juniors, even on this stage, he was still doing the things that um, Ian Clark has taught him, right? And again, that bodes well for a goaltender. Like yeah, his, you, his you footwork, want work, you can tell Like it looks like a pro. The way that Koskenvo like,
3: stands in the crease and the way he shuffles and all that stuff, that part you can see that's like, oh, okay, I... You see that he's working, right? Like yeah. there are certain things that he looks like the way he moves, or it's like uh, he doesn't look like a, a junior guy. Yeah, he's exactly. relying just on like athleticism, or you know, like Askarov does, right? Like he, where he just literally is like a goaltender. It just feels like Cuscanville looks like he's like uh, you know suit and tie type of goalie. You yeah, know? he like plays like the position more than just being a goalie.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's, he, you know, he's swimming around the crease a lot less. He's, um, you know, the, the big thing was the shuffles. That's a, that's a really new concept for a lot of goaltenders that work with Ian Clark. Um, like it was funny. I was talking to Colin Delia about that, um, before the season. He was just like, it's literally the opposite of everything I learned. And it, it's interesting to see a goaltender like Spencer Martin who, you know, um, really likes to be locked in low and wide he's still kind of able to do that um, even with the Ian Clark system, which I find really interesting Um, because, you know, Spencer Martin, it's interesting. Lachlan did a kind of a deep dive on it in the Stanches last night, but um, Spencer Martin, when he's not on, he kind of falls over a lot more and he's at the, um, the back of his, of his heels or whatever. Like that's where he has all of his weight and it leads to him kind of falling over and find himself swimming a little bit. But, you just see it with Spencer Martin, how he's able to kind of find the in-between, right? Like where he's able to do everything. He's able to um, keep his style, but he's able to also implement the Ian Clark shuffles. He's able to implement this different stuff in his game. And again, it it bodes well. Like it it bodes well for Spencer Martin long-term in the NHL. And you like to see stuff like that.
3: Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting to watch what uh, Kossigenvo does for the rest of this tournament, as well as just keeping an eye on the Swedish guys, right? Like they've been off to a really good, uh, start at least like you know Austria. You're in, you know the eleven nothing wins great and stuff. But it's it's going to be interesting to watch how uh, I guess Lukair like Mackey looks because like this, both these players. That's the other thing that that really is exciting about Elias Patterson, the defenseman DPD. Like watching him at this tournament, he's got a, another whole year of this. Like he's going to be at this tournament next year, and it feels like Sweden's already relying on him to be that defensive guy I've been impressed on the back end. He, I've been, he's very been impressed playing good hockey. Okay, let's get to uh, looking ahead here because. It's an interesting uh, month here up in January. We can get the uh, the January schedule up here, Aaron. Let's take a look at this. There you go. Aaron's quick. I can tell you, watch out, Alex. Uh, Alex is screwing up too much always uh, on the show anyways. All right, let's get to the January schedule. You got the Islanders on the third. let Let's. I just want to go through this just so that people understand like what this run of games for the Canucks really is. I'm going to start with the Colorado one because you're playing Colorado, then you're off to Winnipeg on a five-game road trip that goes through Winnipeg, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Florida, Carolina. That is an absolute gauntlet of really good teams that you have to match up against. And then it's like, oh, great, but we get home after that. You come home to face the Lightning, face the defending Stanley Cup champions in the Colorado Avalanche, face the Oilers on the second of back-to-backs, then it slows down a little bit, right? Then you got uh, the Blackhawks who are a pretty bad team. Then you travel down to Seattle. Then you play Columbus. But that stretch of two weeks there, about two and a half weeks, where it starts with Colorado at home, and then you hit the road trip, and then you return home Man, that is going to tell you about a lot about what the Canucks season is going to end up finishing like because that is going to really test this team. Uh early and kind of in the the early to mid parts of January. It's going to be very interesting to see how this Canucks team fares. Because they've been playing good hockey. They've also had one of the easier schedules. When you actually look at this team, like I think they have the ninth easiest uh schedule up to this point for strength of, of opponents, up to this point in the season. So it's going to get a lot harder here moving forward and it's going to be very interesting to see how they shake out a little bit after that long little stretch. They're really tough opponents.
0: You shouldn't have given me Lego on the show. Yeah, I, I appreciate know. it, but uh, yeah, I, I haven't stopped playing. With I had it. the
3: Lego cam up there for a
0: little bit. Yeah, too. that was a, uh, that was a lot of fun.
3: Yeah. Okay. What uh, do you think about the January schedule though? Because that's, that's the make or break, right? Like if yeah. you want, I think it's, listen, in my personal opinion of this team, I think it's really good for them to have that tough stretch because if, Here's the thing. If they come out of there with a bunch of wins, then okay. They're a good team. Like they're, you know, they're this team. Without Thatcher Demko too. Yeah. Without Thatcher Demko, you roll through that. You come out of those, how many games I got? Five, uh, nine. You run through that nine game stretch and say you go like seven and two or like six, two and one, mm-hmm. Dude, then they're a good team and they're going to be in a position to be around the playoffs. But if they come out of that with one or two wins, you know what this team's all about this season. And I think that in the future, you you already kind of know this team needs to work on a few things, rebuild a few things. The cap's going to make it difficult to re-sign Bill Horvath, so you know that a change is going to probably come there. But if they can run through that gauntlet and actually win and come out of here better, not only just 500, but like uh, well above 500, then you're like, okay, we got to give these guys a run. They just beat some really good teams in a nine-game stretch. So you can give that team a little bit of rope at that point, Okay. But if they come out of there anywhere near five hundred, you you have to just you have to do everything to punt this season. After that,
0: that's the last Cause, chance. Because here is the thing, right? Is you know if if they are around five hundred, right, and then um, they're like, well, we ha- we owe it to this team, we have to let this team, um, you know, have a shot together, and we can't trade Bohorvet at the deadline. Yeah, that's still need that, and still, again, you need to look at that. Though. I don't even think I don't even think if you are you know if you are I don't know like is there a point at any point where it's okay for this team to let Bo about walk in free agency. Cause I don't think there is, I don't care where you are in the standings. And I understand, you know, like you, you've learned all these lessons after last year where this team went on a late season heater, yeah. right? And was, presumably you've learned all the lessons. I know we have, it feels like, but you, you see what happened last year and how this, this team went on a late season heater only to just miss the playoffs. Let's say this team goes on a heater right now and they do make the playoffs. Are they a lock to make the playoffs next year? Like, no. especially if Bo Horvat's walking in for you, like, what's it all for? Even with this with this team, with Bo Horvat, the anything getting the playoffs and anything can happen takes are gonna be starting no, like you, very
3: soon. You can't question trading Bo Horvat. No matter how good this team plays, you need to. And I think this is something that Listen, Jim Rutherford said it. It's time to put your money where your mouth is. Where he's saying, if we can't, really, he said it about J.T. Miller all the time. If we can't resign the player, we have to do what's best for the organization and move for the best assets in return. There's going to be massive amounts of of options for the for the Canucks to go with Bo Horvat and see what kind of return they can get for him. They need to do that. There there can't be any screwing around here with, you know, potentially holding on to him because he helps with the playoff run. This is where Jim Rutherford needs to put his money where his mouth is and do it and get the return back because it's clear that they're not going to be able to re-sign him, right? I know things can change in a minute. It felt like that's what happened with uh, with JT Miller anyways, but for Horvat, it just feels like the writing's on the wall.
0: But also, the lesson from last season and the JT Miller situation is also, okay, just because you kept him at the deadline, you're not stoked about everything coming back in offer for a trade, like, you can't just be, you know okay, well, we'll just sign this guy to whatever it takes, Mm. right? And again, um, I know we were talking about, oh, Miller took less than market value, but right now Horvath's market value is probably 9 or 10. Like, he probably get a team paying him that, and if the Canucks sign to 8.5 or 9, and they say, well, it's below market value, it's like, yeah, that's great, but I don't think anybody wants to see that for long term in this market, right? Like paying guys cuz of career years when you're not really a team that's no. actually ready to guys that,
3: get sh- that should get paid from career years are guys who just won the Stanley Cup Yeah, organization exactly. those are the type of people that's a career year like points in the regular season are one thing career year should be looked at as winning the Stanley Cup yep that's the way i look
0: at it yep i i got no uh no disagreement All there
3: right. i got one uh one prospect video i want to get to lucas forsell um, I, I, was, I tried to get to it here. It was struggling a little bit. Okay, there we go. So again, you can blow this one up there, and I want to show this Lucas Forsell goal from the SHL. So he's back in the SHL. Little prospects before we get to the bets. Back in the SHL for two games now. He scored in his first game, which was great to see. Then he comes in here, beautiful little toe drag, and scores again. The confidence on this kid, I tell you, you can see from the uh, the glitchy video here. Hopefully, this is a better zoom in here for anyone on YouTube, or otherwise, just go check it on my Twitter. This kid, he is confident. Okay, confident kid. I hear he's trying to eat more. uh, He's trying to eat more moose to add some weight. Little insider. This isn't even a joke. I'm serious. He's trying to. He's eating more moose to get uh, to put on some weight. He needs to put on some weight. The animal or the dessert moose? Like the the uh, the animal? Oh well, you know moose the dessert, right? Yeah, no, I know moose the animal too. You ever had? You could could put on weight with both of those things. (laughs) That's true. But you want to put on the good protein there, quads. You want to put on the moose weight.
0: Yeah. The, I've uh,
3: put on moose weight before. The moose weight. Have you ever had moose? You ever no, had deer I actually or haven't. Anything?
0: No, have you? What's the it,
3: weirdest animal you've isn't ever Isn't it made? called venison? That's the type. A, I think that's the type of meat, yeah.
0: I like that English has different words when we eat the animals compared to what the animals are actually called.
3: Mm. You know? Okay. Like beef. I had rattlesnake once in uh, Arizona. Really? mm mm-hmm. And? It was kind of like calamari almost. Interesting. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it, so. Hmm.
0: Well, I'm almost done building Elias Peterson's locker here. Yeah, Kurt the, uh, says
3: the yeah, the Google slides. I don't know what happened on that video. The video was not great there. Yeah,
0: that's okay. Um, this uh this Connect set is interesting. Yeah, you'll I, have uh, to
3: finish it off there tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, definitely going to be able to finish get, it tomorrow. Let's I'll, get to our uh, betway. Bets. I'll show the I'll show okay. the viewers what I've got so far. This is the uh, locker. I tell you sums up with the video. Something today. Is I, up hope, with the video. I
3: hope people aren't. Uh, I'm sorry for the people here on the video on yeah. YouTube.
0: That's the locker so far. We're working on it.
3: It's going to get completed. Yeah. looks good so far. Okay. Uh, bet. weight. pull it up there and pull up the, uh, the old bets of the day here. All right. We got the either or bets. You guys know, I like these ones. Uh, we're rocking with Tyler to Foley or Maddie Beniers tonight. Uh, to score a goal minus 134, $10, bucks that'll get you uh seventeen fifty over on betway 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 uh Calgary's playing Seattle tonight excited to watch that one should be a good game uh, a couple Pacific teams going up against each other. Then I got the big bet there, the crack in the win, over six point five total goals and former Canuck Jared McCann to score in that game plus seven fifty over on Betway. So ten bucks will get you an eighty five dollar return on that. These I tell you what, I haven't hit on one of these in a while but uh some of them they just look so juicy. He's like cracking a win over six point five. McCann to score like it it just one of these is going to hit here. Pretty damn soon here over on Betway, but we'll see. That's why we rock with the other ones, the Defolia Matty Veneers one. Let's hope you get a goal from one of those guys, kind of balance it out a little bit.
0: All right, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, I'll keep building this tomorrow. We'll set it aside for today. Yep. Uh, For my co-host Chris Faber and our producer. Aaron B. His last name starts with a B, and it's Italian, so it's a name you can trust. Uh, my name is Dave Grigelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Hey, maybe it's the Canucks Conversation. No, we're done. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation.
1: Delivered by DoorDash.
0: <laughs> Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How
3: about keep it to a thank you, Jim?
1: How up?